Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa lah amma ba'd Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah So we had finished off with the ayah in which Allah Ta'ala said Mata'an lakum wa li'an A'udhu billahi min shaytanir rajim Mata'an lakum wa li'an'amikum as a provision for you and your grazing livestock. And we went to detail about this whole section was talking about, subhanAllah, all the amazing ways in which Allah Ta'ala brought about this whole creation and went from right from the beginning of the creation of the universe and the development of the earth. And we talked about it in detail. I did want to mention, however, why is the word mata' mansub? Why is it mata'an, not mata'an or something like this? And there are a number of possibilities. One, because it could be maf'ul lahu. And maf'ul lahu answers the question why. As in, Allah Ta'ala is describing, I did this, I did this, I did this. Why did I do this? Mata'an. Mata'an lakum an'amikum. For the sake of, or for the purpose of, uh, to supply you uh, a provision for yourself and for your livestock. Another possibility is that it's the mustar, must, uh, the, the mata' isn't the mustar, standing in the place of the verb. So matta'akum uh, anamikum. he supplied you, all of you and he supplied all of your cattle. And so the mustar takes its place, matta'alakum anamikum. And the third one is that there is a word omitted and that is bihi anamikum. So that you would enjoy as a provision for you and your cattle. So these are the three different possibilities from a uh, a linguistic perspective, why is it mansub? I just thought it's important to mention these factors because you can appreciate the Arabic a little bit more. Then we move on to the next section. Fine. Allah Ta'ala says what? After describing how this creation came into being and reminding humanity how you got here, then Allah Ta'ala says, okay, we've, we're done looking at the past, let's look at the future. But when there comes the greatest overwhelming calamity, subhanAllah, so this is a very heavy statement. So first of all, fa meaning so, meaning then when all of a sudden, all of a sudden something's going to happen. In other words, you're used to this life, you're used to everything going the way that you're used to and you know, that's common, that is regular, day by day, sun goes up, sun goes down, alhamdulillah, you know, living your life. And then all of a sudden, fa the interesting here, thing here is that jawabu idha is not present. You know, usually when you say, when this happens, and when that happens, and when that happens, there's supposed to be an answer, right? Now the next ayah, if it said, insan, then that would be the answer. When this happens, human beings will remember. But Allah says, insan, which makes it the day when human beings will remember. So it seems a little bit odd. Why is it worded this way? It, it really creates a certain question in the mind. So one answer is that it could be that Allah Ta'ala is delaying the answer. When this day comes, the answer is actually, actually that that is when uh, Jahim, the hellfire, it's gonna be the refuge for these people. It's gonna be their uh, eternal home for these people. That's one possibility. Another one is saying that the, the answer of idha is omitted. It's mahdhuf, it is not mentioned. When this great, Overwhelm, the greatest overwhelming calamity happens. I'm not even gonna say anything else. It's just, it's as if it's beyond words. You cannot, words cannot express, you become speechless when you think about how unbelievable and terrifying this day will be and how overwhelming it will be. It will overwhelm to the point of, not, words cannot even express what's going on next. The word tamatul kubara can also be translated as the great upheaval. Uh, the root verb, uh, root letters of ta, mim, and mim only occur this one time in the Quran. Again, you're having this unique term. It's coming from the root verb of tamma yatummu or yatimmu, tamman or tumuman, fahuwa tamun, which means to overflow or to engulf. So imagine a dam breaking and just water flooding in from all directions. And subhanAllah, it's amazing that Allah Ta'ala used this term because we just learned about somebody getting flooded. Who was that? Fir'aun, he was drowned, right? So the fact that Allah Ta'ala says, it will 
well, he was drowned, he was killed uh, for his denial. Now Allah Ta'ala is saying there's going to be this overwhelming event that's going to flood the senses. It's going to overwhelm you. It's going to come in from every direction. So subhanAllah, there is, you could say this, um, yeah, literary um, continuity, if you will. Tamah, as we said, means a great either tragedy, yes, like we said, coming from all directions. The word kubra already showed up once when Allah Ta'ala said, فَأَرَاهُ الْآيَةَ الْكُبْرَى that he showed him uh, his great signs, kubra. So the idea here is what? There seems to be a lesson. And the lesson is, if you reject the greatest signs, you'll be overwhelmed with the greatest calamity. So be very cautious to reject the greatest signs pointing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's also interesting that Fir'aun was earlier described as being drowned, which is when water surrounds someone from every direction, and the word Tama describes something overwhelming from every direction, from all sides. Oh, I mentioned this. And uh, uh, yes, and that's exactly what this, uh, this, such an event is never going to be experienced in this life. It can only be experienced in the afterlife, hence the term kubra. It is something beyond. It's greater than anything you've experienced in this world. Now, what is this actual event referring to? Ibn Abbas, al-Bahwi, and others, they say that this is referring to the second blowing of the trumpet. In other words, the trumpet will be blown that will kill everything. And then at al-kubra is the resurrection. Hence, yawma yatadhakkaru al-insan. On that day, uh, people will remember what they strove for. So it seems to be not the first blowing of the horn, which destroys everything, but rather the second one. That's the opinion of Ibn Abbas and Al-Bahwi. However, there's a second opinion, and I thought it was actually a really interesting opinion. Allah knows which one's more correct, but I still thought it was a fascinating opinion. Uh, since the first and the second blowing of the trumpet have already been mentioned, يَوْمَ تَرْجُفُ الرَّاجِفَةَ In ayat 6 and 7. So, uh, Al-Qasim, Ibn al-Walid al-Hamdani, rahimahullah, he says, At-Tamat al-Kubra is talking about after that. There was the first blowing of the horn, everything destroys. The second blowing of the horn, everybody's resurrected. And then At-Tamat al-Kubra refers to the moment that the people of Jannah, Ahlul Jannah, are going, uh, you know, Zumara, uh, right? They're going in, in droves and they're being driven, right? Siqa, right? Or, or uh, Yaqudu, they're, they're, they're being driven to or they're being directed towards paradise. And the people of hellfire, Ahlul Nar, are being directed towards hell. So you can imagine, obviously, you know, us, we think about maybe a bus or a plane or something, picking them up and moving them. Allahu Alam, what this type of vehicle, but whatever way it is, they, these people are being transported to their destination. And this is described as what? Al-Tamatul Kubara. And I thought this opinion was very strong just because of the fact that the first and second blowing of the trumpet were already mentioned. So it seems that there's this continuity. I thought that was quite fascinating. Furthermore, the moment would be overwhelming for both parties. It would be an overwhelming flood of emotion for the uh, good emotions for the believer and an overwhelming flood of negative emotion for the disbeliever and furthermore the next ayah describes how you'll remember everything you've done and you could imagine as you're being both being taken to two different directions or two different destinations you will be remembering what did I do in my life to either end me up uh, to land me over here or that I'm ending up over there so I thought that was a fascinating perspective uh, furthermore, the previous, yeah, I mentioned this, that the previous section talked about what happened on the earth before, and now we're talking about the end of days. Why? Because people get so caught up in the moment, they forget to think about the big picture, where we came from and where we're going. So this surah, you see that the previous ayat from ayah 27 to 33 was all about where we came from, and now moving forward, it's talking about judgment day. Very, very uh, powerfully put together. Next ayah. The day when man will remember that which he strove for. Every single human being on that day is going to remember exactly what he was struggling and hustling for. Now, yawma is mansub again. It has the fatha on it. Why? Uh, a good opinion, a strong opinion seems to be. It's a badl. It's, it's replacing the word idha. So, so it's saying, 
you know, when that day comes, and then I'm replacing that when that day comes with on that day, there seems to be a replacement. Or another perspective, which seems to be a bit weaker, is uh, that it is, uh, uh, there's an omitted verb. This seems to be weaker. But this is, uh, you know, when you, when you can avoid mahdhuf, uh, omissions, it's easier to do so. What's also fascinating, Allah says, يَتَذَكَّرُ This is the strongest form of this verb. يَتَذَكَّرُ means he will remember very clearly and every matter that he did. Everything will be very crystal clear and sharp in his memory. This is different than يَتَذَكَّرُ, which is mentioned in different ayat in the Qur'an. يَتَذَكَّرُ means he is reminded, but it might be just partially. This is similar to when Allah Ta'ala says what? This is the, it's not tatazakka, it's the shorter version of the form, of the verb. Meaning what? When Musa was asking the shorter version of the, of the, of the verb, he's saying what? Don't you want to purify yourself even a little bit, Fir'aun? Right? But on judgment day, instead of saying yadhakaru or a shorter version, Allah is saying, no, no, you're going to fully, completely remember everything that you've done. So subhanAllah, you see the way that the verbs are being used, which is very, very particular, which is giving the best and painting the most powerful picture. And Allah knows best. The fa- yes. Now, why is it that they have to remember? I mean, if it's already in your head, you should remember. No. Allah Ta'ala mentions, Allah Ta'ala says, on the day when Allah will when Allah will resurrect them all and inform them of what they did, Allah has remembered everything. Allah has enumerated everything. Allah has written down and cataloged and kept everything preserved while they forgot. This is the important part. That Allah Ta'ala mentions for the disbelievers, Nasuh, they forgot all their a'mal. They forgot all about their deeds. So Allah says, now on this day you're going to remember. And Allah, what will you remember? What you strove for, what you hustled for, the things that you had strong intentions for. Like, I wake up in the morning, this is the thing I got to get done. I've been working on this for weeks, months, years. This is my goal. That is what you're going to remember on Yom Al-Qiyamah. Yes, of course, we all make little mistakes here. Yes, of course, we all uh, maybe do haphazardly something nice, maybe a little compliment here, a little nice deed there. But SubhanAllah, you have to ask yourself, what is the theme of my life? What am I doing sa'i for? What am I hustling for? What am I striving towards? That is going to be what I'm going to be remembering on Yom Al-Qiyamah. Allah didn't say man will remember his skepticism. Keep in mind, Allah Ta'ala described their skepticism in ayat 10, 11, 12. They were, really? We're going to be brought, dat, brought back from the dead after our bones become all dust? So they expressed a lot of skepticism earlier. And Allah Ta'ala is not saying, oh, on that day you're going to remember your skepticism. No. That's because they were only feigning. They were only pretending. They were acting to be so skeptic while deep down, they just wanted to pursue whatever they wanted to do. This is the reality. You have certain goals in life and you are going for them. When somebody says, don't forget judgment day. Oh, I'm skeptical. You're not really skeptical because you don't really care. That's, that's the issue. You just don't want to deal with it. So you, say, you claim skepticism when in reality, you're just focused on your goals. So Allah is saying, don't worry about your skepticism. You're going to remember your goals on that day. You're going to remember what you were hustling for. And also, Allah Ta'ala mentioned about Fir'aun, what he hustled for. Thumma yasa'a in ayah number 22. So the fact that he was doing sa'i, sa'i for what? Pacing back and forth because his mind was occupied in what? How do I defeat Musa How do I destroy the truth that he is coming with? And so here Allah Ta'ala is confirming that those schemes will be in full recollection. Those late nights, staying up, pacing back and forth, talking to your you know, uh, confidants. How are we going to do this? How are we going to destroy him? SubhanAllah, all this will be on full display. You'll remember every single hustle you've ever made. But the question won't be, 
uh, if you made your struggle uh, while believing in the hereafter, but did you struggle while preferring the hereafter? SubhanAllah. It's not about just about believing, but did you actually prefer it? It's the idea of preference. That's what's being highlighted. That's a very, very powerful concept. Did you have preference for it? I, like, oh yeah, I was striving, but I believed in the akhirah. That's not the question. Did you give preference to the akhirah? Like, yes, I could put in many hours toward dunya, but I'm going to put in my hours towards the akhirah. Because not only do I believe, but it's higher than that. I actually prefer my life to be focused towards al-akhirah. SubhanAllah. The wording of it is very powerful. Yes, and also notice that Allah Ta'ala didn't say that day man will remember that he was warned about this day by the Prophet. The Prophet, you, you know, if, if, if this book was from the Prophet himself, if he was the one uh, authoring this book, A'udhu Billah, like the disbelievers would say, then obviously he put himself at the forefront. On that day, you're going to remember me. On that day, you're going to remember what I said and what I did. You're going to remember that I warned you. It's not about him. Notice how Allah Subhanahu Allah isn't mentioning the Prophet because he's not the focus. You're going to remember what you did. What did you strive for? The fact that the Prophet isn't put front and center really does give credence to the, the, the belief and the idea that, look, this book wasn't something that he's making for his own ego. Oh, you guys are going to remember oh, yeah, that day that I warned you. You didn't listen to me. Instead, you disrespected me. Oh, I'll get you. I'll get you then. Subhanallah. Instead, no, no, you're going to remember what you were hustling for. Uh, subhanallah. This goes to show that it's truly from Allah. And hellfire will be exposed for all those who see. This exposition is in response to the skepticism that they had, uh, uh, that, that, uh, the, uh, the skeptics, excuse me, this exposition is in response to the skeptics that had trouble believing what they couldn't see. Because they were saying like, you know, I, I can't see this. You're really telling me I'm gonna be resurrected? I can't see it. So now because they expressed their skepticism because they were being told about a reward or a punishment they couldn't see, now Allah Ta'ala is telling them, don't worry. It's gonna be on full display. You're going to see it. And the verb tajahama means to burn with vehemence of desire, covetousness and greed. Greediness, as Allah Ta'ala describes in Surah Qaf, This is hellfire. It has this burning rage. That's why tajahama means to burn with anger and hatred. And so just the same way people that are angry typically end up in the fire, may Allah Ta'ala protect us, you want to always control your anger, as the Prophet said, la taghdab. So in the same way, Jahannam itself has these qualities. It has greediness, it has covetousness, it has rage, it has gluttony. So when Allah says, are you full? He says, is there any more? Even though hellfire is so full, it's saying, just give me more. It's gluttonous, just like the people of hellfire. It's, it's, it has that sinful, evil nature to it, subhanAllah. Al-ain yani al-jahma. One of the words for jahma means al-ain. This is according to Lisan al-Arab. Jahma means to fix one's gaze, to stare intensely. In fact, jahma means the lion's glare. When you know, I'm sure we've all seen the, the, the Discovery Channel when you know the lion is staring intently at its prey and it slowly creeps up and it just has that, like you could tell, he's, this guy's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna kill something right now. Right? You got, it's got that look in, that, in the eye and you always look at it and you think to yourself, if I ever saw that look, I know I'm done. Right? If you ever see that lion stare at you like, oh, you're food, you know, you look delicious, you know? If you get that look, you know you're done. So subhanAllah, this is why hellfire is called Jahim. Why? Because they get to see, they are, imagine these believers, they're looking at it and it is looking at them. This is such a, a scary scene that it's looking at them like, I, now I finally got you. I finally got what I want. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. So they have to look at this hungry fire as it stares them down. Muqatid says, the veil of hell will be lifted and all the creation will behold it. 
seeing hell will only make the disbelievers more terrified and regretful of their mistakes and the believers more grateful to Allah Ta'ala for paradise. And this is why the, both readings could be possible. The word yara could also be read as tara. So instead of saying, it could be What does that mean? It translates the tara is the feminine for jahim. Jahim is feminine. So it would end up making the sentence mean and hellfire will be exposed for the ones it will see. So it's the hellfire that's doing the tara. Men tara. It's, he, it's doing the one that is staring. It's the one staring. SubhanAllah. And furthermore, this is in line with the ayah in which Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Furqan, ayah number 12, when the hellfire sees them from a distant place, they will hear its fury and roaring. So again, the fact that Allah Ta'ala is describing it as the hellfire, I see them and I start to roar. Again, it has so many parallels with this concept of this beast, like similar to a lion. Technically, everybody will see hellfire. Everybody will have to visit, not in the sense of actually burning, but every, every, even the believers will have to see this, this grand exposition on Judgment Day. And Allah Ta'ala mentions this in Surah 19, which is Surah uh, Maryam, ayah number 70. Uh, Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala says, Then surely it is we who are most knowing of those most worthy of burning therein, and there is none of you except he will come to it. Nobody exists except they will have this exposition. Obviously some will get close, some will go in, but everybody will see it, subhanAllah. And again, it will make the believers even more grateful. And it's amazing that subhanAllah, you know, when you stare at somebody that's staring at you and it's like very intimidating, you always kind of want to look away. You always wish you could kind of like back up and maybe I can just leave. SubhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala says, that this hellfire is going to be staring you down. You're going to be looking at it and you're going to want to look away. And yet Allah Ta'ala says what? In Surah Infitar, ayah number 16. And they will not be able to keep away from it. So subhanAllah, the disbelievers who were arrogantly saying, if this punishment is real, go ahead, show it to us. Allah Ta'ala confirms, yes, you're gonna see it in plain view and you won't be able to get away from it. You won't be able to look away. You know, you'll be so intimidated, but you won't be able to, you'll be forced to look and then eventually enter. There's a nice quote that says, hell is truth seen too late, duty neglected in its season. It's a very, very powerful quote. What is, it's describing, what is hell? Hell is truth seen too late. When you finally figure out what the truth is, but it's too late, that's a form of hell. And then also, duty neglected in its season. When you know something should have been done, but you missed the season. You had a window of opportunity, a duty that should have been done at a certain time, you neglected it. That's a, that's a little form of, that's like a, you could say, a little taste or flavor of hell. Just a nice quote, but I thought I'd share. So then Allah Ta'ala says, Maybe inshallah ta'ala we'll continue next time because I don't want to go too long uh, inshallah ta'ala. I want to keep it brief so you guys keep coming back inshallah. <laughs> you don't get tired out. Barakallah fikum. So inshallah with that we're going to open it up to comments and questions. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who are always paying attention to these ayat, learning from it and benefiting. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. Jazakul khair wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.